JM and the AM, my thanks to Rabbi Goldwasser. Well, before I introduce Rabbi Tarragon, and uh, we're anxious to speak with him, let me go through the information that we've been provided so far about the uh, Mizrahi RZA, Religious Zionists of America, Yom Yushalayim celebration. They have a, an amazing collection of videos that will be streaming on demand uh, beginning this Sunday morning. Um, remember, Sunday night is Yom Yushalayim, Monday is Yom Yerushalayim. First, they have a uh, an incredible lineup in a video presentation entitled Tales of Jerusalem. Rav Doron Peretz, Ivan Rahav Meir, Charlie Harari, Michael Oren, um, Racheli Frankel, Rabbi Krohn, they're all part of it. Tales of Jerusalem, a video dedicated to Yom Yerushalayim 5781. Then there'll be personal divrei bracha from Israel's Prime Minister, Chief Rabbi, and the Mayor of Yerushalayim. Uh, there will be a uh, a video on Jerusalem's D-Day when heaven altered the course of history, and obviously that's a reference to the Six-Day War. And there'll be a live stream of the Rikud Galim happening on a Monday morning, meaning for us it'll be Monday morning. Rikud Galim is the big flag celebration that goes on Yom Yerushalayim in Yerushalayim, and they'll have that on the uh, website. It's all available to you, to us, to everybody at rza.org slash celebrate yy, rza.org slash celebrate why, why? And uh, we'll speak to Rabbi Tarragon about this and other issues as well. I remind you that Rabbi Ruvain and Shani Tarragon are senior educational directors for World Mizrahi, RZA. They've been in this role for five years. I cannot believe it's already five years. Wow. Brought in, of course, by Rav Daron Peretz. They are a powerhouse couple, and today we have the uh, the rabbi side of the powerhouse couple to speak with, both about Yom Yerushalayim and about everything that's going on at this point with the Jewish people. Uh, Rabbi Tarragon is somebody who um, is very familiar with Jewish education. His role at Yeshiva Dakoto is one indication of that. He is very familiar with what it's like to live in Israel after all these years after his Aliyah. And of course, he's very much in tune with how inspiring a day Lagba Omer is up in Meron. So with that in mind, we can uh, speak to him about his impressions in the aftermath of last week's tragedy. Rabbi Ruvain Tarragon, an honor, a pleasure to welcome you back to JM in the AM. Nachum, wonderful to be with you. Appreciate that very much. Let's start with what uh, with what happened last week. Uh, you have the responsibility not only of um, forming a message to the worldwide community in light of the events, but you have to specifically speak to your students and in some ways, because of the way social media works these days, to the students and parents in general who are uh, in Israel and uh, the students who are in Israel and the parents who are watching from around the world, what was your message to the students and all of us after the tragedy of Lag Bomer? Well, first of all, obviously it was a terrible tragedy. The death of any Jew, is any person, and for sure any Jew, brother or sister of ours, is a tragedy. The sheer number, greatest civilian tragedy in the history of the state of Israel, but also the timing. People going to Rav Shimon Bar Yochai, looking to grow spiritually, the Kedusha that was there, and then the flip side, Advomer is supposed to be the end of our mourning period, and for that day to become mourning itself, really tragic. And especially because there's no external enemy to blame. It really is our own doing, and something we could have and should have prevented and avoided, 
makes it all the more frustrating. Um, the message that I gave to boys and parents, and as you said, in today's world, everyone's connected. And I think the boys and girls learning here for the year connected to this very strongly, those who were there, obviously, and realized that Chas Shalom it could have been them. And even though it was not there, when the news came out that there were a number of overseas students who died amongst the victims, the boy from Yeshivat Shalavim, it helped drive home to the boys and girls that it really was something that could have happened Chas Shalom to anyone. And the message I gave them was, number one, not to misdirect our focus. Obviously, there are people, maybe people who are negligent and responsible, and it's the government's job to figure that out and bring justice. But that's not the average citizen's place. And people shouldn't look to blame, why did these people go to Mayron in the first place? We should respect each other's traditions. And not to, chas v'shalom, talk about, there was a word used, to stampede, which implies that people stepped on each other, as opposed to a crowd dynamic where people are pushed into each other. So not to misdirect our focus. Instead, to think about what the lessons for us may be. We don't know, of course, God and why he does things, but we're meant to try and reflect on what we can take away. And the two takeaways I suggested to the boys were, number one, we know that the mourning of Spirit Omer is because of the disrespect shown one to another. And here people died from one another, crushed each other. We need to remind ourselves how sensitive we need to be towards each other. Coming at a time where Israelis can't come together to build a government, it just reminds us of how much we need to work on how we relate to one another. Mm. And the second point I made to them was, we're coming out of a year of separation, and finally we come back together, and this happened. The past year has been a year to reflect on the value of human life and how far we go to protect it. When we come out of COVID, we need to keep thinking along those lines. We need to make sure that we're protecting each other, that we're acting in a way that protects human life. Just from the Torah angle, the Rambam puts Hilchos Shmiros Hanefesh, protecting life, together with Hilchos Rotseach, Halachos of a murderer. Because if we don't protect human life, we're almost as bad as one who takes another's life. Our lives are too valuable and precious. We do meaningful things. Judaism believes in the value of life because we believe that our lives have great value. And we should take away from this. We need to be careful in protecting human life. We need to be careful in how we relate to each other. And most importantly, and this was the conclusion of the message, if we were spared, if we are, have the great gift of life from Hashem and good health, we're reminded that we shouldn't take it for granted, that we should use it well. And anyone who was there and survived, and anyone who wasn't there, but just sees the terrible loss of life, should reflect on how they take more advantage of their own. Rabbi Ruvain Tarragon with us from Israel. Can I assume that you had students in Meron that night? We had students in Meron that night. And it was a trauma for them. Baruch Hashem, we have a psychologist on staff, Dr. Carl Hochhauser, who's been working with them personally together with the rest of the staff. Um, but uh, it, it, it was a trauma, and I think it's still there with them, especially, as I mentioned, because one of their friends was amongst those who lost their lives. You have now the, um, you have now the task, I guess uh, a lot of people in Yerushalayim have this task, of... Um, of experiencing somewhat, I know that it, it, in a way it's a it's a stretch to say this, but I think you'll get my point. On Lagba Omer, obviously, it, tremendous joy turned into tremendous tragedy, and it happened, you know, in an instant, and we understand that. Now, uh, I think you'd agree that the uh, experience of Yom Yerushalayim, especially a year later when things are more open up, and I think, you know, things are 
you know, sort of back to normal for those who are actually, uh, you know, lucky enough to be in Israel right now. Um, now you have the responsibility to uh, to show your students and everyone else the joy of Jerusalem. You'll be going from essentially this uh, terrible week of Shiva, which I believe, uh, you know, will end Sunday morning for the last victim. And then Sunday night is Yom Yerushalayim. And uh, again, not the entire country doesn't always feel it because it is a Jerusalem day. Uh, but in Yerushalayim, you feel it, uh, to say the least. And you're in the old city of Jerusalem every day. Um, do you either worry or are you concerned about this next uh, change of character among the Jewish people that now we go from everyone feeling pretty down to hopefully having an international celebration of Jerusalem? A key aspect of Judaism is not allowing disappointment, frustration, and sadness to keep us from celebrating and building life. And we see this in the generations after the Holocaust. They had every reason to give up on life. But the reason we're here today as Jewish communities is because the survivors turned their sadness into something constructive of building life. And you know, at a wedding, we break a glass to remember the Chorban, and it seems out of place because a wedding is the ultimate time of ultimate happiness. Mm -hmm. But the answer is that Judaism knows how to manage contrasting emotions at the same time. It's the only way to live life in a constructive way. We don't ignore sadness, but we don't allow it to keep us from celebrating all that there is to celebrate. And uh, I'm actually standing here outside Yeshiva Kotel, looking at uh, thousands of people for the first time in a year, walking through Yerushalayim. Each group has their own their school students, their own colored T-shirts, and they're walking through, and it's beautiful to see, because what we celebrate on Yom Yerushalayim is, of course, our relationship with Hashem symbolized by our returning to the Kotel and to the Makom HaMikdash and the Old City, and that's you know, usually important in Yesha, you know, Judea and Samaria, so, so that's huge. But there's another aspect, which is our connection with each other. The Tehillim describe Yerushalayim as the Ir Shechubra the city that connects together. And on the one hand, it connects us with Hashem, but on the other hand, it connects all Jews with each other. And that famous picture of the paratroopers at the Kotel, I don't know if anyone knows, if everyone knows to appreciate that. It's one Ashkenazic soldier, <laughs> one Sephardic, and one Yemenite. All right. And that's part of it. It was Kibbutznikin and Hezder soldiers and all kinds of different Jews. And that's why there's a beautiful idea from Rav Moshe Tzvi in In 1948, the Haganah tried to retake the old city and fell. In 1967, they succeeded. And he explains that in 1948, they attacked separately. There was the Irgun, there was the Haganah, and technically and, conceptually and, and, and philosophically, you can't take Yerushalayim when you're not fighting as one. In 1967, maybe because we felt so threatened, it was the first time there was a unity government, the people came together. And that's part of what we celebrate, too. We spoke before about Lonagu, Kavod, Zebazel, and Lag Bomer, the challenges Israel society has that express itself in being able to form or not form a government. Yom Yerushalayim should be a chance for us to put that aside and appreciate the deep connection we have with each other. And that's the beauty of the celebrations here. You, you mentioned the flag dancing and the coming together at the Kotel and in Yerushalayim. And we should celebrate that. And if Meiron and what happened there made us feel uncomfortable with each other, life lost through interacting with other people, we should celebrate that there's another side, which is what we're building together here in the state of Israel. The same unity you just spoke of in 1967, we're told, 6,000 miles away, uh, was on display in Israel. I, I, I would assume you felt that from uh, Jews of all backgrounds. 
uh, when they were focused on the tragedy last week. Yeah, they pointed out that secular Jews in Tel Aviv were giving blood. Uh, it wasn't just the Haredim, and even the Arabs, the Arab cities near Miron, provided for the people who were on their way back. In fact, there was one famous Israeli uh, journalist here who made a comment about how he doesn't feel connected at all to the event and the loss of life there, and it's not his people. The response to that was very sharp and interesting to observe people feeling that, that no matter how different we are from each other, we're brothers and sisters, we're one people, and that we know is one of the core core elements of Judaism. Right. Soviet Jewry, Israeli Jewry, American Jewry, Ethiopian Jewry, all Jews are our brothers and sisters, and we have to remind ourselves of that and strengthen those relationships. Rabbi Ruben Tarragon is with us, speaking to us literally from the old city of Jerusalem, right outside Yeshiva Rak Hotel. Uh, well, uh, it's no secret that uh, one of the responsibilities that uh, the Mizrahi worldwide, and certainly RZA, Religious Zionists of America, here on this side of the world, have taken very seriously, especially over the last few years, is to make us feel more connected to Aretz, make us feel more connected to the state of Israel, and obviously Yom Yerushalayim is a way, is an avenue to to do just that. Uh, we mentioned, and I'll of course continue to mention, that Sunday and Monday, a, a unique opportunity at the website that I cited um, for people to watch inspiring videos and really wonderful anecdotes and speeches from very well-known personalities about uh, Jerusalem. I know that that you and Mizrahi are responsible for that, and it's uh, it looks like it's a a great program. Um, and Yom Yerushalayim in general is, you know, again, an opportunity for everybody around the world to feel more and more connected. Why is, and, and, and I mentioned that you're now there five years, which took me a little bit by surprise. I didn't realize that you're, that you're with Rav Daron Peretz for that long. Um, why is it that over the last few years, Mizrahi as a movement, as a, what some people would call as an organization, has been able to focus more and more on these, um, on these days, like Yom Yerushalayim, and on these issues, you you would think, especially on this side of the world, you would think that most serious Zionists in a religious realm would no longer be here, and therefore that would decrease the interest in 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 turning our attention to the Holy Land. Why, Rabbi Tarragon, does it seem to me, as a witness on the spot in the U.S., that it's just the opposite? It's an excellent question, and I'll, I'll just backtrack to the beginning of your question. Huge amount of credit to Rav Daron Perez and Rav Ari Rakoff, uh, the director of uh, the RZA in America, for their efforts, Rav Daron on the world stage of re-inspiring Mizrahi around the world, and Rav uh, Rakoff in the United States for leading the charge there. And yeah. just mentioning about Yom Yishalayim, before I relate to your question, Yom Atzimut is a day all Jews are familiar with. Right. It's Independence Day. Right. Yom Yishalayim is a finer more nuanced idea, and too often it kind of falls below, beneath the radar, even within Zionist and even within religious Zionist circles, and it's a great foot that Mizrahi and the RZA are making sure that this day is appreciated as well, and for those who don't know, there are almost a hundred schools and schools who are celebrating together with us on Sunday and Monday wow. with the Mizrahi initiative, and each one's getting the materials that you mentioned, each one in their own way, but part of Am Yisrael together. And the question you asked, there shouldn't be any, there should no longer be a community of Zionists <laughs> around the world. So interestingly, you know, Mizrahi was a huge force in the beginning and mid-20th century, and then as an organization it became less forceful because I think part of the assumption was, and maybe in reality, the leading Zionists moved. 
Um, as you know, there are many people who identify strongly with the state of Israel, yep. but are still in Chutzlaret. And there's the famous line that American Zionism is when one Jew convinces a second Jew <laughs> to write a check to give to a third Jew to convince a fourth Jew to make Aliyah. Right. Um, but the point is that people are close with Israel, but used to life abroad. And making Aliyah really hinges on flipping a switch in one's mind from being used to your life being wherever you are abroad to turning to seeing your life in Israel. And I think it's moved forward a bit because life in Israel has become easier and easier for overseas people, but it's still a mindset that a lot of people are still in that my life is in New York, my life is in Chicago, my life is in Los Angeles. That's where we live. And the Baruch Hashem people are able to come learn here in Israel and visit Israel. And I think part of the goal is to be able to connect to it in a stronger way that you can make that transition from Israel being a wonderful place you feel comfortable to Israel being a place for your own future. And uh, some, each, gen, each family has to have a generation that makes this, that transition for the family to start building it in Israel. And days like Yom Asmun and Yom Yerushalayim, I think, are days for each family to reflect on how they can try and translate their dream of living in Israel one bit more. I guess it just takes some people a little longer than it takes others. On Sunday and Monday, May 9th and 10th, connect to Yerushalayim with religious Zionist communities around the globe. You can access original educational content and a live feed from Israel of inspiring speakers. The video links are live this coming Sunday. I mentioned that a very, very impressive list of speakers will actually be speaking about Jerusalem. Tales of Jerusalem is the name of that presentation. Jerusalem's D-Day, when heaven altered the course of history, is, of course, a look back at 1967. There'll be greetings online from the Prime Minister, the Mayor of Jerusalem, and the Chief Rabbi of Israel. And as Rabbi Tarragon just said, listen carefully, because I don't know what community, what synagogue, what school wouldn't want their name added to this. Online, there is a list of communities that are already celebrating with Mizrahi Yom Yerushalayim. And uh, if you go to the uh, RZA website, rza.org slash celebrate YY, again, rza.org slash celebrate YY, you'll be able to um, to do the same, to add your name or your organization's name, your school's name, your synagogue's name to all of that. The live stream of the Rikud Galim live from the streets of Yerushalayim, the flag parade, if you will, uh, will take place at rza.org slash celebrate YY on Monday starting at 9 a.m. Eastern time. Again, this coming Monday starting at 9 a.m. Eastern time, rza.org slash celebrate YY. Are you getting the impression, Rabbi Tarragon, that it will be full capacity and like a quote-unquote regular year in Yerushalayim on Monday? I think there's going to be a tremendous amount of excitement. People haven't had these mega events in over a year, even though Israel's been opening up. And Yom Yerushalayim is a wonderful day to have it, especially because the key events are outside. As you mentioned, the flag dance, I anticipate there being huge numbers and a tremendous amount of excitement. So those who can be here should enjoy, and those who can't should tune in, as you mentioned, to at least join from a distance. And it looks like a, um, you know, as much as every Yom Yerushalayim, I mean, I know when we do our special here, obviously we do a lot of actualities from 1967. Some would say, you know, they're hearing the same thing every year, and obviously for many people it sounds fresh and new the way we present it, thank God. But it looks like that you've you've come up with some unique ways to help people celebrate. I love the live stream idea. I love the look at 1967. People don't remember uh, what Yerushalayim and the Jewish people were going through 
back in 1967 during the war. And getting a cross-section of people, and this might be the key, by the way, to one of your successes with RZA Mizrahi, frankly, the cross-section of people, speakers who uh, are identified with a whole variety of categories of the Jewish people and of the Jewish community coming together to speak about Yerushalayim. I think that's also an indication of Ir Shechubra Layachdav. Yeah, I agree 100%. It's important. Most of us were either not alive or very young when uh, the Six-Day War occurred, and people don't know the story. Yeah. They don't appreciate how miraculous, what great of gift it was, that not only the victory, but Yerushalayim, that nobody thought for a minute was going to be something that would be returned to the Jewish people. And that's what this D-Day is about, how surprising it was that suddenly Yerushalayim was returned to us. And about the year Shechobar Layachtov, that's a critical idea. We're too fractured as a people, and we have to figure out ways that we can bring as much as possible from Israel to the table for as many communities around the world as possible. Obviously, we all have our unique hashkafic nuance, but we should try and transcend that in general and for sure for a day like Yom Yerushalayim and coming together. Right, but some of us are often stubborn about our unique hashkafic nuance, and it seems you, through the educational conferences you've done, through the presentations that, you, uh, uh, that you've had in the past, plus, of course, now, this is a good example, it seems like you, you always feel that reaching out and including as many as possible is much, much more important than that uh, myopic, hashkafic nuance. I agree, and I would say it this way. Each one of us should have our way of looking at things and be very strong about that. That's who we are. It's what makes us us. But when we function together as a community, we need to try and step forward with as many people, as many types of people as possible. And as we move towards Shavuot, we're reminded of the programs from last year of Ayichan Sham Yisrael Neged Ahar, which expressed that idea right. of bringing together people of different hashkafos to sh- emphasize what we share with each other instead of what makes us different. No question about it. Uh, Rabbi Tarragon and I remind everybody, celebrate Yom Yushalayim. You have an amazing way of doing it with RZA Mizrahi, the Religious Zionist of America, rza.org slash Celebrate YY, rza.org slash celebrate YY. And Monday morning uh, will be the time to uh, check out their live stream from Yerushalayim, which is, I mean, that, that I guarantee you the shot's going to be filled with a lot of flags, a lot of flags of Jerusalem, a lot of flags of Israel. Um, just another minute, Rabbi Tarragon, because I'm sure plenty of people are curious. Uh, uh, you're at the tail end of the um, uh, school year in Israel. Uh, do things look and feel a lot different in, in Yeshiva Dakotel, in terms of, um, you know, you started the year with a lot of regulations and pods and movement or non-movement of students. Are things a lot more normal now? Oh, for sure. First of all, there are no more pods. So everyone's able to be together with one another. And there's no more need for masks within the Yeshiva where everyone's vaccinated. And, right. and so the Yeshiva feels like like a regular year. So, so um, as, as you recruit, the state of Israel is still being cautious, but right. things are back to normal. Barbara. So, as you yeah. recruit and get ready for the next school year, it, you, you are anticipating that 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 young men will show up in Elul, and it's going to be the way you remember it. Please God, we're full for next year. Please God, and we're hoping that things will be as normal as they are now, if not more. Mm-hmm. We'll all keep davening that. America and Canada and all the countries where the boys come from and all the countries around the world should continue emerging from this and that the state of Israel should continue its good health and uh, hopefully we'll be past this and appreciate what we didn't appreciate before. Amen. We greatly appreciate your thoughts and a happy Yom Yerushalayim to you. 
Thank you, and to you and all of your listeners, Nachum Yachashakach, for all of your work. Much appreciated. Rabbi Ruben Tarragon, always a delight to speak with him, and uh, you heard all his messages, a lot of messages in there. The most important message right now is I want to make sure that people are focused on Yom Yerushalayim. That is the one that um, that I want to focus on going forward. He had a lot of messages about the immediate past, very important. But I just want to remind everybody that that in addition to us, and we take our role very seriously on Yom Yerushalayim, in addition to us, there are other ways that have been introduced to connect us to Jerusalem and Israel. And the Mizrahi has been an absolute trailblazer in that area. rza.org slash celebrate yy rza.org slash celebrate yy Thursday morning at America's one and only Jewish Moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners sponsored digital radio around the world the web at NachumSingle.com and the NachumSingle Network and of course any beloved NSN app <laughs>